Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours, Sports Travel for Sports Fans, by Sports Fans, and this is the AFC Show. AFC North Show, not just the AFC Show, we're not going to do all of it. Uh, we'll be doing our all AFC North team, and big shocker, there is at least one Browns player in the starting lineup. Plus, we'll speak with defensive tackle of the Cincinnati Bengals, Demetepeko. This is the Gridiron Show. Welcome to the Grand Show. Will, Gavin and Ollie Hunter in studio as per usual. And this is nice for me, Ollie. I'm getting myself all warmed up for, you know, I'm hitting the big time tonight. I don't know if you heard. The name's up in lights and then I'm going off on holiday tomorrow. So uh, I don't have to experience any of the fallout when I end so, up getting uh, off comed at least seven times. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So actually for when most people will be listening to this, you'll be hitting the big time or you've hit the big time yesterday and you're currently jetting off on holiday right now. Yeah, I am off to Chile. Chile, le, le, le. Chi, 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 le, le, le. Viva Chile is what they, they chant. Ole. I'm definitely going to go and watch some uh, Ch- Chilean Primera, Primera División. Colo, uh, colo. Colo, colo. Uh, I went to watch Universidad de Chile last time. Which if you is, can uh, get me a hooky T-shirt of, uh, or jersey of Colo, colo. Why, why don't you want a real one? I don't know how expensive it will be. I will see how expensive it is. Uh, so what, like a child medium? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect, great. Perfect. What size actually do you need? Uh, no, probably, <laughs> probably the roll sm- of the eyes then told the whole story. Uh, uh, probably small, I think. Yeah, probably yeah. a small. Yeah, yeah, get me a small. All right. Are you um, are you dealing with the Twitter today, by the way? Because my yeah, phone I'm, is vibrating I'm, in my pocket. But yeah. I haven't looked up any of the tweets. This has been very thrown together uh, at the last minute because Don't we needed... admit that. <laughs> we, we needed... Don't admit it. Because Ollie knew that if we got a show out today, that meant he only needed to do two when I was away. And then we could do one the weekend I get back. And it's like he's doing one every week still. Yeah. Uh, who would people like, realistically, for me to host the show with? I've lined up Paolo Bandini at some point. I just need to get a yay from him. Yeah. Um, and find a time. And time. And make sure he's not at a mafia wedding or something. Yeah, there, there is. Whoa, don't say that. There is that. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I reckon Nat owes me at least one. And, and yeah, the sad news this week that Americanage won't be continuing oh, this season. Uh, yeah, I, you know, Americanage, I used to listen to that before we did this show and always enjoyed it. And uh, obviously, in the last few years, become close with Nat, did the absolute show with Dan Lowe. I tolerate Mike Carlson. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I love Mike. Uh, do you know what? I posted on my personal Facebook page, not like I don't have a, a, a per, like a, you know, a a big dog. Mate, you uh, will do after tonight. <laughs> You're going to get a fan page. I don't have a fan page. That's the word I was looking for. But I posted on my personal page just saying something along the lines of uh, making my at TalkSport official debut tonight, hosting Extra Time. Uh, Sorry, we are uh, about four minutes into the show and you've already mentioned it twice. You're right. an absolute disgrace. I'm mentioning, I'm mentioning in terms of a personal interaction with Mike Carlson, who much of our listening public must love, I imagine. Um, I said, that's right, they've unleashed me on the big station. Hopefully I'll make it to 6am before they realise the error of their ways and then a listen link. And Mike Carlson just said, good luck, hi honcho of the humble brag. To which I replied, nothing humble here, Mikey, but thank you. And he said I was trying to be nice. Every social media interaction I had with Mike Carlton is him basically having a dig at me. Uh, and well, so, and he would be right. Uh, That's I'm, a bit like me with that at Toby Gillies. <laughs> I tried, <laughs> I'm very good friends with the man, but I try and undermine him all the time. Basically, 
I'm, and I'm sure there are people out here, out there listening, who have that friend who think it's, I don't know, amusing or funny to ask stupid questions about football, and just go, so why do they kick the ball when they score a try? I mean. Just shut up, Gillies. He also, uh, my my mum replied to the same post asking, where do I find TalkSport? Classic mum response. And then later put, and don't say on the radio. So Toby replied to my mum saying, 18 Hatfields, uh, Southwark, London, SE18DJ. He's that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. He's, uh, everybody he's has that crazy guy. guy. Crazy guy. Social media crazy guy. Come on, guy. Um, so loads of news to get to. We're going to get to your tweets and etc. as well. I was going to say texts. And etc. And etc. <laughs> we'll do our all AFC North team. Uh, it's going to be a slightly truncated show because, yeah, like we said, we've got lots to be getting on with, Ollie Hunter. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, but Ollie will be bringing you two big shows. Paolo Bandini on one of them. Let him know who you'd like to get in on the next one. Well, how Maybe about... Maybe Neil just, Dutton co-host. Well, Maybe, just, uh, no, well, we could sort of fantasy it up with Neil Dutton. But that I, Maybe I would do a, a bit of a special with Neil. You but, could do a call TMF. Well, we could do that. That would be an awful lot of work. You speaking to listeners. Yeah, we could do that. I had to do it on my own before. What about? Oh, it's going to be a lot of work. You don't. You don't. You're just not dedicated enough to these fine people. Mate, I am who've dedicated. Who've spent their time downloading our podcast, occasionally listening to it, tweeting us. You know, they give us so much love. And uh, you know, what, one of the big responses when Americanage is cancelled, I tweeted my love for Americanage, and a few people went to us and went, "You and Ollie aren't going anywhere, are you?" At this rate, I don't know, mate. Hey, there's a bloke in this office, right, <laughs> who <laughs> listens to grid to the grid this show that you're all listening to now. And he didn't know who you and I were. Who? Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> it but, turns out that you don't know who he is. What team does he work for? What What team does he work for? What is he part of the online team? Oh, Talksport.com. Um, Do you have Talksport too? No, Talk he's Sports? programming on Talksport. And uh, we ended up talking about American football, and he was like, "I was like, well, you should listen to my podcast." And he said, "Oh, what one's that? Gridiron." And he went, "Oh yeah, yeah, I listened to that." <laughs> and I went. I'm Ollie. And he went, oh, yeah. It's just like no recognition whatsoever. I, I don't incredible. know whether he listened or not. That is incredible. It was weird. What's, I, I need to know who this person is now. He's what got, show does he work on? He, I think he's a floater. He's got loads of tattoos, some really bad ones as well. Sorry if you're listening. <laughs> he <laughs> listens to the show. You've forgotten his name. And then you've slagged off his tattoos. There's some, there's some good ones there Well done. Well, that's though. at least one listener lost. Oh, Christ. Oh, uh, right, let's talk some NFL news, shall we? Let's, uh, first of all, is there anything you'd like to bring us? Any news or views from your week? No. I've, I've been doing doubles all week. I've been to the cinema a lot this week. I haven't been to see anything. I don't know what a, um, I don't know about Independence Day. Seen I that. love I love Star Trek. I haven't seen that. Seen Star Trek twice. Oh, why don't you invite me? Both what times have I in done IMAX. to uh, to upset you? Because uh, the first time I went to see I've it, because I've been working all on week. The, doubles, yeah, the first yeah. time I went to see it at the media wanky screening on on Wednesday with John Jackson, and I love John Jackson. That was at the IMAX at Empire, and that was at six thirty, so you couldn't have come. You were the first person I thought of. But then I realised you haven't finished your shift at that point, yeah. and then I went with my wife on Friday, which was my only day off because she's finished school. So we went and watched it at the Crawley IMAX. Is she? A Star Trek fan. She is a fan of Chris Pine, and his. Did she enjoy abs. this? Uh, she no. She's a, she's a fan of the reboot. She's never watched a single original film or TV. That wasn't my question. What did she enjoy this? Uh, she did. Movie? Yeah. Who do you, you prefer? You don't care if I enjoyed it though. 
don't. Who do you? Because I know you obviously did. I went to see The Shallows as well. Uh, scary. Blake Lively, Shark. Absolute nonsense, but quite good fun. But you loved it. The 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 ending and spoiler alert: she survives. Um, of course she survives. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah, she, it's she Blake did. Lively. How no, many? No, there was there was a point in survive? there where I thought actually they might kill her and that would be better. But she, the way in which she survives uh, actually elicited uh, an applause and a whoop and a cheer from the uh, from the audience from at you? the screening we went to. From you? Well, everyone else was cheering, so I gave a little clap. Yeah, you're, you're not that. I'm too British. Did I you? Go, Whoa, yeah! You didn't do your old <laughs> that you do in every single uh, I, um, cinema screening. I got um, I got in trouble with one of our listeners who's going to be I'm going to be in trouble with now for what I've just done there. He said, "When you scream, can you please think of those of us who listen on headphones?" Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, did Blake Lively survive with all four limbs intact? I'm I, I'm not giving any more spoilers away. Okay. There's a lot. That film is mostly Blake Lively. Somehow looking attractive, having spent, you know, 36 hours on a rock in the middle of the sea. And every time she's like lay in some awkward position or broken and a limb or whatever is somehow oh, she, breaks she still limb. managed to look crazy hot. Uh, can I ask you, who's your favourite Chris? Uh, I Pratt, would, yeah, Pratt or Pine or Hemsworth. Yeah, OK. Or Hemsworth. I'd go. Mine goes Pratt, Hemsworth, Pine. De Berg. <laughs> no, the Berg is very much bottom of that list. Yeah. Um, I would agree. That's Chris Isaacs. It's not. Yes, it is. Oh, live oh. googling. Live googling. Let me just check that uh, what I meant to be doing is still doing what it's meant to be doing. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so Ollie's gone to check what he's doing. I'm checking who sung "Driving Home for Christmas," <laughs> and this is the level we've got to, listeners. Uh, is that we are, <laughs> and now I can't even log on. There's no internet connection left in the studio. Brilliant, excellent news. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's still doing what it's doing. Brilliant. And, and was uh, I right? I have no internet connection, so I will tell you in a minute. Do you want me to tell you again? I mean, I, I mean, I know off the top of my head, it's sad. That it's I know it's that. Chris Rea. Is it Chris Rea? We both got the wrong Chris. Wrong Chris. Both got the wrong Chris. Who's Chris Isaacs? I have no idea. Have I made that up? Oscar Isaacs. No. Well, great beard. Uh, so yeah, Star Trek. Uh, solid three out of five. Oh. Like, the last hour is a riot and loads of fun. Isaac, uh, Isaac, you put that name in my head now. Idris Elba's bad guy is horrendously underdeveloped, but a lot of the fun, witty repartee between the characters is still there. Simon Pegg. Uh, Yeah, Simon Pegg probably gives himself too big a role for me in this one. He says the word lassie too often. Uh, What's really good is the relationship between Spock and Carl Urban's bones. They, like, end up going off on a little side mission. because they really like Carl Urban. Because they kind of really hate each other but don't. That's a really good... uh, It was uh, thoroughly enjoyable... But I thought it was the weakest of the modern three. Are you a Star Trek fan outside of the modern three? I wouldn't call myself like a Trekker, because if you say Trekkie, apparently that's the wrong thing to say and it offends them. All right. But um, I wouldn't say I was a Trekkie, but equally I do like Star Trek. I don't like... I I haven't watched every episode of Deep Space Nine or anything, but... Well, not many people have, but... (laughs) um, Yeah, okay, okay. I've seen most of the original series, right. Cool, I think probably that's enough uh, Trekker... Pop culture chat. (laughs) This Um, is an Americanish man. (laughs) Let's talk about... uh, Let's talk, first of all, before we get on to the general football news, um, Dennis Green, the former uh, Vikings and Cardinals coach, passed away this past Thursday night uh, following complications of a cardiac arrest. According to his family, 
Barnley at 67. Now, um, Dennis Green is someone who I have really fond memories of from when I was first getting into the NFL. Uh, still seen as uh, one of the, a coach who led one of the greatest teams to miss out on the Super Bowl. The, the 98 Vikings uh, went 15-1 and one before losing to the Falcons in the NFC Championship game. Uh, he's probably most famous for the quote he said uh, about the Bears, the whole... Um, they were who we thought they were line that he came out with. But really, I think despite the fact that he didn't win a Super Bowl the f- and he wasn't the first black head coach, the level of success he had as a black head coach paved the way for the likes of the Mike Tomlins, for the likes of the Tony mm. Dungies. He was a personality. Uh, he was and he should be he should be in the Hall of Fame as a coach. And hopefully he will be there one day. Um, I, I think he's an incredibly important figure in the history of the game. And it'd be great at some point if we can get somebody on to talk about Dennis Green or if we speak to anyone who played under him. It's not something we've set up for this week. But, uh, yeah, huge, huge positivity towards uh, towards Dennis Green. And it was sad to see him, sad to see him go. And, uh, yeah, just uh, a lot of love for the man. The Bears are what we thought they were, infamously uttered in 2006, was yeah. his way of telling the 2006, Cardinals. 2006, it feels like so much more than 10 years ago. It was his way of telling the Cardinals that they were more than capable of beating the Chicago Bears. Um, I, you know, it's one of those, it's a great, very simple line, isn't it? But really effective, really effective. I, I saw um, Byron Chamberlain, um, tight end for uh, the Minnesota Vikings, post on his... Uh, former tight end of the Minnesota Vikings post on his Instagram account that you know he was gutted and saddened to see the passing of of Green and you know even a sort of a peripheral player like Chamberlain he made him feel a hundred dollars you know a million dollars hundred dollars would be rubbish but you know <laughs> a million dollars but you know, I, I, that was the, the we, uh, that was it at the man. You know? We've spoken to a lot of players in the past who have worked with him, played under him, the likes of Kurt Warner, etc. And I've never heard anyone have a bad word to say about him. Interesting seeing uh, some of the love he got on Twitter, etc. Tony Dungy just got the news of the passing of Denny Green. He did so much for me. I was looking forward to saying thanks at the Hall of Fame tomorrow not promised so he will um like i imagine he will feature in a couple of the hall of fame speeches in particular Mm. tony dungy's kurt warner tweeted out lovey smith you know everyone you would expect to to put the love out there for uh for denny green and uh yeah it was brilliant brilliant to see so much so much love for the. i should think brett Favre will as well um given that they probably squared up multiple times um, the the Vikings were so oh so close in 1999 in beating um, Green Bay at Lambeau Field for the first time in what would have been about 10 years um, around that time and uh, was it not for a, a Brett Favre sort of last ditch uh, touchdown they would have done that so uh, once his nemesis um, you know Green's nemesis was was Brett Favre and, and those Green Bay Packers but you know there is there is a lot of love out there. Uh, interestingly, the one other name I wanted to mention was Brian Billick, obviously someone who did himself go on to win a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 35 with the Ravens. He coached uh, under Green at the Vikings back in 98 in that amazing year, in that amazing run. And uh, he echoed what I say. He echoed what I was just saying. I don't think he heard me say he should go to the Hall of Fame and echoed those comments. But he had the same to say. He said, with a league of outcomes of results, the fact he wasn't able to go on and win a Super Bowl, that seems to be the legacy that we carry around as coach in the NFL. But I don't know what anybody else could do when they look at the body of work that Denny Green had. Mm. Going to programmes, each was dramatically uh, changed in terms of how much better they were from Denny Green being there. And just basically, you know, 
trumpeting the fact that he could be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go on to player news then. JJ Watt is in danger of missing the entirety of training camp. And whilst the Texans have said he will be ready for week one, the time frame that's been given for him making uh, the uh, making the opening week of the season, it sounds pretty tight to me. Now, I know JJ Watt's the kind of player who can react to an injury who probably with his level of fitness, his level of health, his level of conditioning, has no problem. But the idea he's going to make the 11th of September for that game with the Bears, when you consider that, I should probably say what he's had, he's undergone surgery to repair a herniated disc. He carried so many injuries through last season, uh, we heard about at the end of the year, and still played to a high level. Mm. But having no training camp whatever and expecting him to start off at 100 miles an hour... I think that's going to be tough. Yeah, I think it will be. However, um, JJ Watt is that freak of an athlete, uh, freak of nature, really, who you'd expect would be able to do to to come back from surgery quicker than anyone. I wanted to ask you though, if he doesn't make it back, is this a, a really good opportunity for Texans? Those guys that are kind of overshadowed by him—that uh, was my timer—kind uh, of overshadowed by him. Is this a really good opportunity for those guys to uh, make a name for themselves in his absence? Jadavian Clowney, yeah, for one. Here's, here's my, my feeling on the entire of the Texans' defensive scheme, is that J.J. Watt is such a wonderful weapon and the most dominant defensive force in all of football that... He is allowed to move around by the Texans. He's given the opportunity to find wherever the gap is and shoot that gap, to get over the A gap, to get over the double A, to, to you know, find wherever on the line he thinks there's a weakness and move around. So he doesn't just play as the right defensive end. He'll switch to the left. He'll switch to outside linebacker. He'll play over the nose. He will do all of those things if he feels that's going to give him the best opportunity to be disruptive mm. and get to the quarterback. And... Yeah, okay, it will allow them to sit a bit more in that system. Jadavian Clowney looks so impressive towards the end of last year. You know, you've got Whitney Merciless on the outside with some pass rush. But whatever you say about opportunity to shine, you shine your brightest when you get the opportunity of J.J. Watt being double-teamed. That's when you're always going to get your best chance of making a play elsewhere is when you're on the field with other great players. And so for me, they'd rather have him there very much so. And I think you'll find that... When he does come back, if he misses one, two, three weeks or whatever, when he does come back, the Texans will be even stronger. Not just because he's back, but he will. everyone else will raise their games as well. No doubt. No doubt. Are you all done with what you need to do in the other room? No. OK, fine. Uh, I'll go through a couple of news stories. You go and do what you need to do. <laughs> We're doing this live. OK, fine. <laughs> Steelers' uh, Le'Veon Bell is facing a four-game suspension for missing several drugs tests, not just the one, uh, as per reports on Friday. While Bell's case is still under review, the news cannot be welcome, obviously, for the Steelers or Bell. Now, this will impact... Ollie, our, um, I can actually hear the output from TalkSport. This will, of course, impact our all-AFC North team. Will it? I don't think it will. I imagine that both me and Ollie, who's currently out of the room, will both be picking Le'Veon Bell as our running back, regardless of those four games. But maybe there's a question to be asked about who we'd start in his place, should he not be in there. And 
There's a fancy impact, of course. Uh, it probably moves from being the number one, number two, number three back in the draft down to being the fifth, sixth, seventh in that sort of range. I, I'd, I'd still, may, I mean, I've seen some people saying they wouldn't pick him until the third round now. I think when you combine the injury worries with the fact that he's going to be seeing the suspension as well, uh, it's not good news for a Steelers team who, let's be honest, they're not just missing Le'Veon Bell. They're also missing, of course, uh, Martavis Bryant, who's going to be missing for the entire season. You're 20 games between them. They're a great offensive force, and we'll talk about what they have to offer when we do our All-AFC North team. But well, uh, but very quickly, a big uh, big T, Tony, on, a, on Twitter says, at what point does Lev Bell get stuck with the injury-prone tag? And how much of the £15 million per annum he wants will he get because of this? I think he'll get a lot less than that now. I think he can't expect. Running backs who get paid double digits are a shock in the NFL nowadays. If you're getting paid £10-plus million, but if there's a player who probably justifies making that sort of money, I would suggest that man is Le'Veon Bell. So I don't think he will get the full 15 million. I think what you'll find is that he'll get something very incentivized. So maybe a guarantee mm. in the five, six, seven range, but then the potential to earn up to 15 if he plays all 16 games and if he performs beyond that. Um, a couple of other bits of running back news. This one wasn't even picked up by NFL.com, I guess, because... Um, well, he's the poster boy. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys rule the NFL. <laughs> he's got the most jersey sales. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess because at the moment it's still speculation, etc. But uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been accused of domestic violence and then denied that allegation. Now, just have a, th- a, th- a thought for those of us with dynasty teams who last year were doing terribly, ended up finishing second worst in their league. Use the fact that uh, somebody had injured running, uh, injured wide receivers going into the playoffs, did a big trade to get himself Le'Veon Bell, and then in the draft this year, traded a lot of way to go up to number one. And his starting running backs are Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott with Carlos Williams as his running back three. It's new music today, but it's justifiably in there. Uh, This is all I care about, the Ezekiel Elliott thing. Right now, it's so unclear. A woman has made reports. There apparently are text messages which prove that Ezekiel Elliott isn't where he said he was and a Cowboys teammate isn't where she said he was and a Cowboys teammate has come forward with those. But honestly, until more has come out about this, I don't really want to talk about it too much. Yeah, me too. What it does bring up the question of, though, is Ray Rice. Because this came just a day after Ray Rice has said if he is allowed, if somebody gives him the chance to play in the NFL again, he plans to use his game checks in full to battle domestic violence. If he donates his entire salary to domestic violence charity for at least the first season he's back in the league, would you be happy seeing Ray Rice on your team if, say, Eddie Lacey goes down injured? No, that's a hard question. It's tough as well because he's, he's a... Uh, no, no, let's just just answer the question. I'm not going to weigh in. Um, I think it shows a willingness to repent, I guess, in a way. Um, I think teams yes. nowadays are so PR-focused and so concerned on that side of it that this would be enough to convince a team we'll give him a shot. But I just think, actually, if he was a three-down, ready-to-go, start-every-game running back, he'd Mm. be getting in teams anyway. Yeah, I think he probably would. I wouldn't be happy that Green Bay would have picked him up because I don't think he's 
he's been out of football for too long. So <laughs> from a football perspective and, you know, from that, I wouldn't be happy. But I, however, I think this... I'm, I'm, I am big into forgiveness, <laughs> and I know what and he did was is, terrible. And he said all the right things. All yeah. the scrutiny I've got, it was deserved because domestic violence is a horrible thing. Me donating my salary is something that will be from the heart, from me, saying this isn't just a, a, a this isn't just a, a, a blatant attempt to get back in, but it's something he would want to do regardless. He said, I think the biggest donation you can give to domestic violence is your time. I'm not just going to be giving it to giving it because I have money. I'm going to be giving it because I did the background and the mm. research and spent time. So what he's done is he has done everything. Ray Rice has kind of won me round a little bit with this because he's done the right thing. Still, the incident is disgraceful, and I still think it was right that he was out of the league for as long as he was. But at this point, if... He got back into the league. I wouldn't object that much. No, uh, yeah, because of what you know, what the the positive noises that he's making. Yes, but oh man, it's such. It, it's one of those that I don't think you can truly answer until it is hit you square in the face and it's going to actually happen to you or your team. I don't. I think it's a very difficult one to answer. Uh, and try and predict how you're going to feel about about it. Now, on this very point, Jacksonville, come back to us. Don't leave. Don't step away. Don't make us rue the decision we made to fall in love with your team here in the UK by signing Greg Hardy. Because he has worked out with the team. He has the potential to get onto that roster. And he has done the exact opposite of Ray Rice. Show no true remorse. Mm. It bought off his girlfriend, served no time, hasn't served the true suspension he should have served. He should never get back into football because of his refusal to respond in a way which allows us to forgive him. And in no way am I ready to give this man the time of day. So Jacksonville, stop it. I think if if Jacksonville take this any further, even get him to the practice squad, practice squad or even worse, sign him up, I think that will completely disenfranchise the hundreds, thousands of fans that they've made here and tens of thousands of sympathisers. I think it would be an absolute abomination and a terrible PR appointment, especially for a team that are trying to make it big in a foreign country. They're going to employ that prick, Hardy. <laughs> I, well, I wanted to use another word, but it's a family show. Uh, is it? <laughs> it's not. If you listen to this with your family, please tweet us at Gridiron. Uh, just a couple of other bits of news to uh, quickly go through from the league. Uh, Hopkins believes he should be treated for what he is worth. I, you know, he's up there in the top tier of wide receivers in the league. He looks at AJ Green's 15 million a year. He looks at Julio Jones' 35.5 million guarantees, and he says, "I am worth that money." Texas. Pay me that money, and I think next next off season they will. If they're throwing the money they are throwing at Brock Osweiler when he's unproven, why would you let your best offensive weapon for the next five or six years get away? Hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. I mean, he is he was outstanding last season. We haven't done the AFC East yet, have we? No, I, I was planning on doing that with uh, Bandini. Okay, I'll let you do that with Bandini. I, I, like, in which case, I'm not going to weigh in on this now. Todd Bowles saying Geno Smith can be a good starter. Um, I, I gave my opinion on this bit with Mo Wilkinson. I'd rather be having Mo Wilkinson and Geno Smith. All is quiet on the Ryan Fitzpatrick front. Uh, training camp starts today for many teams, tomorrow for many others. I 
more and more increasingly feeling like Fitzpatrick will sign with the team, but he'll just leave it till the first part of training camp's gone because he doesn't want to go through that. Rigor. I mean, it's so boring, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just so dull, this whole continual Fitzpatrick boring boredomness? Just get on with it. Get on with it. Stop sullying our airwaves and my time and your time with it all. Just stop fanning around, you know? Stop. Just get on with it. Damn it. Um, Stefan Gilmore will play out the final year of his rookie contract this season. It was expected they would try and get a long-term deal done this summer. When you consider the tandem he has with Ronald Darby going, specialising in contested passes, one of the best cornerback tandems in the league, I'm slightly surprised they've not got it done now. And actually, if he plays up to the same level he played last year, you've probably just cost yourself an extra few million dollars a year. Well, yeah, because year on year, the... Uh, the amount that these uh, these players are commanding will go up. Tie them down now. For instance, Randall Cobb, two years ago, was $10 million per year. Now what would he be worth? I know he had a poor season this season. Uh, sorry, this last season. But, I mean, come on, guys. Come on, guy. Come, come on. on, guy. Come on, guy. Right, uh, let's hear from Damasa Peko. You went and spoke to him. Yeah, lovely fellow. Loved him. Uh, what happened with Carlos Dunlap, by the way? He disappeared. Did he just run out? Because nobody got any interviews with him. I'd love to have heard from both of them. Um, Obviously, two members of that uh, much-vaunted Bengals front seven, Bengals offensive line, uh, which was of each as Geno Atkins, Michael Johnson, Carlos Dunlap, who we mentioned there, and Marte Peco, who Ollie spoke to. Uh, Would you like to introduce the clip, Ollie? Yeah, here's here's the big American Samoan. I'm with Demato Pico, Bengals lineman, nose tackle no less, right? Five uh, five sacks last yeah. season from nose tackle. Are you going to beat that this season? Yeah, man, I plan on it, man. I plan on getting five or more. This is a big year for me. It's a contract year, you know, so I want to uh, do my best. And uh, But aside from that, man, I, the bigger goal is trying to win, you know, trying to win a, a Super Bowl, you know, and... and uh, that, that's that's our that's what our eyes are on. That's our goal, and uh, you just got to keep getting better and working hard, and, and, and I'll see it happen. Let's talk about that defense last season. It really came into its own. I mean, we've got Carlos Dunlap here as well. Uh, Fonse's perfect in the backfield. is outstanding. I mean, this this uh, defense surely can only just get better. Yeah, man. Uh, we're just barely, uh, you know, hitting the tip of the iceberg. You know, we're our defense is, a, is, a, is I believe, one of the things that carries our team. You know, defense defense wins championships. We we're able to win the AFC North last year, and uh, we're excited, man. We have a we lost Reggie Nelson last year, but we have a young dude named uh, Sean Williams ready to step in and, and, uh, and take his spot. And we're excited, man. Our defensive line is one of the toughest, uh, meanest groups in the in the, in the league, and uh, we just got to keep working hard. and uh, And I see our defense will improve. You picked up Andrew Billings in the fourth round of the, of the draft, or the draft. Uh, what are you going to? You going to um, talk to him specifically? I mean, he's he'll be on that defensive line. So, what kind of advice will you have for him coming into coming from college into the NFL? Yeah, man, I'm really excited about Andrew. You know, he's. Uh he was drafted uh, in the fourth round for us, same round as me, same round as Geno Atkins. You know, uh, we have some studs in the fourth round, you know. So we're just going to take him under our wing and uh, and, and uh, show him how we do it with the Bengals, man. We work hard every day. We don't slack off, and uh, he'll fit right in and, and help us out tremendously. So you're here for the Play 60 event, and I saw a, a play that you, you coached. Uh, it was kind of like the penultimate play of the game. The kid drops back pings it downfield and the guy catches it just short of the end zone 
that was a, I mean that was a little bit of Andy Dalton in 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 that kid there. Yeah, man, I was uh, I've been trying to just draw up a couple of fun plays, you know, for the kids. We've been running the heck out of the ball, so we did a little play action. We faked the run, and then the guy was uh, pretty open there in the back, uh, almost uh, almost scored a touchdown. But yeah, we're just having fun, man, and uh, enjoying it. And the kids are doing a great job, and I've seen a lot of great talent out here today. It's a far cry. Uh, London is from American Samoa, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot different out here. Uh, we don't ever get this. Uh, it's not too chilly. It's it's really nice actually, but uh, yeah, it's it's far from Samoa, but uh, it's a great atmosphere here, man. Now, um, I mentioned Andy Dalton. Uh, the Bengals managed to get over that playoff hump of not managing to secure a, a win. Surely you're going to go f- far further this season, this time round. Yeah, man, we're looking to get a Super Bowl. Uh, that's the goal for every team in the NFL. We just got to keep working hard, and I believe uh, if we just keep hammering away at it, uh, we're going to get the job done. Wide receiver-wise, you, you lost Mohamed Sanu. Uh, you lost uh, Marvin Jones, who went to the to, to the Lions. But Tyler Boyd's come in to help out AJ Green. How important is it that that Andrew uh, that uh, Andy Dalton finds those guys and, and starts building up a rapport pretty quickly? Yeah, you know, we lost a couple key players, but uh, that's the name of the game in the NFL. You know, we lose a couple, we gain a couple more, you know. And uh, we got, uh, like you said, boys coming in uh, to step up. But also, man, you can't forget about our our, t- our stud tight end, man, Tyler Eifert, man. He's like one of the best tight ends in the game, you know. And uh, we got the two-headed monster at running back with Giovanni and, and Jeremy Hill. So we'll be fine, man. And defense is going to carry our team. We, we'll be fine. You mentioned the two-headed monster, Gio and, uh, and, and Jeremy. What are they like to face in practice, and is it different? Do you have to approach each one differently because of their different skill sets? Yeah, man, uh, it's it's crazy because Jeremy's more of a downhill, uh, hard runner. You know, like he'll come and try to run you over. But uh, uh, Giovanni, man, he's uh, he's so shifty and and uh, you know he's like Sterling. You know, he's so fast and 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 quick. But uh, you know that, that really helps us out. You get ready for it during the season because um, one week you'll play against a big back, one week you'll play against a fast back, and we have that in practice every day, so it gets us ready. How much are you looking forward to coming back here and playing in in the autumn? Actually, I think the weather will be fairly similar, so uh, you have experience of that. How much are you looking forward to that? I'm really excited, man. I love uh, I love England. I love the UK. I'm a big Premier League fan. And uh, who's your I'm- team? I go with Chelsea. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited to play at Wembley, man. It's a lot of history there. They have the FA Cup final there. The England international team plays there. So, for me to be on that pitch is amazing. I can't wait to show. Uh, hopefully, Wayne Rooney will come and watch us. Or Diego Costa will come watch our game. You know, we'll see what happens. You'll have to invite them, man. Invite them. Yeah. Hit, them up, hit them up on Twitter. I hey. Know. Thank you ever so much, Damato. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Much love. There we have a defensive tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. Damato Pego strikes me as a lovely, lovely man. Mate, he didn't stop smiling. I love and that. he loved the thing that he loved, and I, I wonder if it came across there was just being in around in and around all of these kids in a foreign land that love the game that he loves, and he quite clearly adores being a footballer. He he brought his wife out, who was filming everything, <laughs> um, and she was lovely as well. It was. It was a really good advertisement for Bengals football. I loved it. Amazing. Right, should we do our all-AFC North team? Yeah, man. First of all, quick... Uh, something we've not really been doing. Quick prediction for this division this year. Yeah, why haven't we with been the, doing with that? The Bengals, with the Bengals... With the, uh, the Bengals having had the change at, at uh, offensive coordinator. Mm. Marmon Lewis sticking around, but Ken Campese coming in for Hugh Jackson. I mean, let's be honest. We all know who is going to be... Uh, Who's going to be the bottom of the division? That's going to be the Cleveland Browns. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. 
I think the Ravens will be third. Ditto. Because their injury worries just keep going and keep going and keep going. Yes, agree. And I think it's going to be the Bengals to win the division again. Okay, well, I will go for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win it. I, I, I just think the Steelers keep having so many issues and I think that defence isn't quite there yet yeah it hasn't it's getting come there on. yeah but it's it's not quite there yet whereas I think the Bengals still have the and a lot of people are talking about the Bengals having a fall off this year uh, losing uh, wide receivers etc but do you know what I like the running back tandem I still like Andy Dalton coming back I, lo- I think they've, they've spent on their offensive line in a clever way and they've drafted the right sort of players even though I've not a single Bengals lineman in my offensive line, which I'm slightly disappointed by because I like what? them a lot. Well, I have in mine. Uh, um, right, I, let's do our teams. I, okay, let's do it. Let's start off with that offensive line. Okay, ooh, bit of a change-up. Well, yeah. Well, left hand. We don't want to fall into a formulaic <laughs> <laughs> discussion like the rest of the pod is. Uh, left tackle, easy enough, Joe Thomas. Cleveland yeah, Browns. Joe Thomas, however... Got to give some love to Andrew Whitworth. Well, I've, One of my favourite all-time I tackles. I really have to. He's... he's had so much great production throughout throughout his sort of ten year career that I have to find a place for him at left guard. What's stunning? Ooh, interesting, right? Well, what's stunning with Whitworth is that uh, they've brought in Jake Fisher and Cedric Ogbue, uh in the draft last year, nice. and uh, brought them in as, as two top picks with the thought that they would replace Whitworth down the line and possibly replace both the tackles. And actually going to this season, you argue Eric Winston and Andrew Whitworth continue to be their starting tackles, even though those two came on well. Mm. Uh, they're really set up for the future there. I've picked Ramon Foster at my left guard position. Strictly, he is a guy who has, plays that position for the Steelers. He's one of the top guards in the league. But that is kind of more of a... I'm giving him some love as a... There's a few players who are going to fall under this over the course of this conversation. It's almost a career achievement award rather than a current player. Yeah, but award. why wouldn't you why wouldn't you shoehorn Whitworth in there then if it's career? Because I don't know if Whitworth is somebody I want to kick inside and be a run Maybe, blocker and Well, imagine this, having traditionally the, the stronger side of the line but having two really strong guys in Whitworth and Thomas there to 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 stop that that and that, you know what actually do you know what you, I, I tell you what you're convincing me and I will tell you why you're convincing me because tell at, me why because my pick at quarterback and I imagine your pick at quarterback is a man who maybe holds on to the ball a little too long sometimes he really does has been known to get hit a little too regularly and maybe if you've got two of the best pass blockers in the lead league dealing with his weak side with his blind side. It's All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Centre uh, yes. Morkees Pouncey. This was easy for me. Yeah. Although, love Cam Irving, friend of the show. He's not developed enough yet and will need to have a big year this year. Agree. Uh, right guard uh, with the best guard in all of football, Marshall Yonder. Yeah, that easily. W- wasn't even tough. Easily. And uh, who have you got at right tackle? At right tackle, I've gone for Steelers right tackle, Marcus Gilbert. Okay. I went for David DeCastro. Now, my thinking is here that I know he's a right guard, but I I want to pu- I want to push him out. Why are you messing around with the lines so much? Well, I think these guys are the top of their profession and I think they're talented enough and versatile enough uh, to be shoehorned in. So we're, we're going to play two two right guards and two left tackles on our line. Yeah, man. That's exactly what we're going to do. Why wouldn't you kick Whitworth to right tackle? And oh, we could do that. He did. David Castro to left guard. He has he has played right tackle before Whitworth. 
<laughs> right. Uh, so let's have Andrew Whitworth as our right guard. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll right play, tackle. And I'll uh, as our right tackle, and I'll play Castro inside. Fine. Let's do that. It's ridiculous, but let's do it. Right. Uh, I, lo- I love that. There's yeah. no point in arguing this. Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback. Easy. Yeah. Joe Flacco, big arm. Not much else to say. Dalton, um, good good wheels. Very good wheels. I, lo- Dalton. I, I love Andy Dalton as an. Above he's, average quarterback because he's ginger, but he's not a an elite quarterback because he's ginger, isn't he? And Ben Roethlisberger is a when at his best, when fit, top five NFL quarterback. Yep, agree. Uh, wide receiver. Well, there's two obvious ones: Antonio Brown and AJ Green. Yeah, and I think if Martavis Bryant was not sillily uh, banned for the whole of the regular season. Um, then it would have been him as our as our third guy because he was outstanding last year. Uh, however, he missed also a, a whole load of last season because of uh, drug infractions. Um, I would, in this, I think it's Marquis Wheaton. I think he showed enough last season as a sort of a foil, a third, a third option, sometimes a second option uh, for Ben Roethlisberger. I really like Marquis Wheaton. Here's, here's my feeling of how I'd run this offense. All right, go on. Just two wide receivers. Oh, what? And you'd go two tight ends. Two tight end sets. Okay. Tyler Eifert. Yeah. And for this season, Gary Barnage. Mate, that's not our podcast. No, sorry, wrong podcast. <laughs> uh, and for this season, Gary Barnage. But for next year, it might be it might be Ladarius Green. And then... Depending on how well Ladarius Green does this season. And then know that Le'Veon Bell yeah. can split out and catch the pass out of the backfield, can play as a slot receiver as well as playing as a pure running back. Would Steve Smith have made this decision easier if he was fit? If Steve Smith hadn't had, if Steve Smith had played the full season the way he played the eight or nine games before his injury, I'd have had him in there as the veteran presence. He yeah. was unbelievable last he year was. before he was injured. Yeah. If he can come back to that level, amazing. But he is well into his thirties now, coming off a big injury. I would be very, very surprised if he can stand up and, and perform anywhere near that level again. I would have gone Steve Smith uh, in a heartbeat. Steve Smith or Martavis Bryant, if both were available. Martavis Bryant, I think. Yep, yeah, me too. Uh, so, Le'Veon Bell is the clear favourite as the running back if he is not suspended, fit, everything else. If he isn't? Considering he's going to miss four games of this inaugural season, yep. who are you picking in his place for those four games? Easy, D'Angelo Williams. He did it last year. He'll do it again this year. Do you know what? I would have a tandem of Hill and Bernard and drop one of my tight ends. Well, you're wrong. It's got to be D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams, yes, he fit into that scheme and did well, but he's old. He's getting really old. That's what they said about him last year. Yeah, and look maybe, how good he was. maybe. Jeremy Hill, more touchdowns than any other running back in the last two oh, years. Look, all from, from Giovanni about Bernard, two yards out. Hugely underrated both in pass catching and as a running back. Bernard can flit in and out of games. I've I, got I'm telling you, it's gotta be D'Angelo. No, I'm not taking I'm not having that. Twitter poll. Not having that whatsoever. Twitter poll. Okay, do you take D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage or do you take Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard? <laughs> That's a bit of a weird set of pairings, but let's go for it. Yeah, let's why not? Uh let's bang through the defence very quickly yep. then. Uh scheme three four, I think, because that's what most of the teams play I in think this you, division. Yeah, I think you have to do it. There are, uh, this is a really weird balance, this defence that I've got here, and it'll be interesting to hear what you've got. Because I've there's an 
there's three or four younger players, particularly thinking Timmy Jernigan, uh, potentially Danny Shelton, drafted last year by the Browns, mm-hmm. um, who could easily make this team. Bud Dupree is another one drafted last year. What about Alvin? Who could easily make this team. Well, Alvin, what, hey? Alvin Dupree, his, uh, his, <laughs> I his twin I, brother. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> wow. That is a callback. That's a year-old joke that you've just d- done a callback on. That's incredible. Always. Um, you know, that could, in a year's time, make it into this defense. Whereas, I've got at least two positions where I'm question-marking who I take because they're old men. So, okay. my, I think my front three was reasonably easy. Who is in your front three, Ollie? Dunlap. Yep. Atkins. Yep. Williams, Brandon Ooh. Williams, really over Cameron yeah, Hayward. I, he had a really good season last season. I think he's a, a more mobile. So would you uh, play Atkins? Would you play Atkins than, as an end rather than as a tackle? Then because no, three, I, I, I would have him as a as a tackle. But that doesn't work in a three-four front. Yeah, Dun, Dunlap. You need two ends and a tackle. Sorry, my two ends would be uh, Dunlap and Atkins. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, you yeah, said. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay, Bra- I mean Brandon Williams is a, played well last year. I would have Dunlop and Cameron Hayward either side of Geno Atkins. I think that Ooh. is a fiercer, like, penetrative front. And when you consider the lack of pass rush that I'm about to talk about coming off my linebacking core, then uh, then I, I need that in there for me. I'm going to go with that. I mean, you conceded that we needed to shoehorn... All, all of your linemen in weird <laughs> positions. <laughs> yeah, so, look, I'm going to let you run uh, that, that front three. Right. Uh, let's just say four linebackers. Let's not start getting too pissy about positions here. Yep. I had three who make my team like that. And I then have two who I can't pick between. So two of your three are definitely uh, Perfect and Mosley. CJ Mosley, Vontae's Perfect, hands down. First two names on that defensive team. It's the team other sheet. one... Is it Timmons? No, Ryan Shazier is, is the next name on my team and sheet. And then are you toying with Timmons and Harrison? No. Okay. I'm then uh, and then toying with... This is so ridiculous. I'm then toying with Lawrence Timmons, great all-time... Well, not great all-time, but great recent inside linebacker. Done a fantastic job over the last however many years. But for me... He doesn't make it into that team. If, if we are talking about positions, I think you play CJ Mosley inside. I think you play Ryan Shazier inside. I think you play Vontae's Perfect on your weak side of a four, which I know is more traditionally an outside linebacker, but you know what I mean. And then I would play one of... I can't continue this without you in here. <laughs> I really tried to draw it out that time. But... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Right. Make a note of the time there. Um, So here's the thing for me. I'd play Shazir and Mosley as my inside linebackers. I would then play Vontaze Perfect, who could either be on the weak or the strong side, but as a less pass-rushing, more of a strong-sided backer. And I would then have either Carlos Dansby or or James Harrison. See, I like James Harrison. And I think it's going to be James Harrison, because the more I think about it, the more I think I need that extra pass-rush. Yeah. yeah, we do need that extra pass for us. It, uh, and somebody has to step up and take that place for next year because he's too old. He's like 37 now. But he was so impressive last season at that age that he sneaks in. I like that. I like that. You, you, you're keeping a place for the old guy. Right. Safe, hey, old guy. Safeties. Uh, <laughs> I found this very easy. Yeah, Iloka. 
Georgia Loker at strong safety, Eric Weddle at free safety. Yeah, uh, Mike Mitchell had a good year last year. Uh, yeah, but Eric Weddle is but Eric Weddle's a Eric potential Weddle. future Hall of Famer. Yeah, 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 I yeah. love that man. I just wanted to tell people that Mike Mitchell <laughs> had a good, a good year. I just Fine. wanted to let people know. Fine. What about your corners? Oh, come on. Uh, I've gone for Adam Jones. Pac-Man. I, I don't know how you can't go for, for Adam Jones. And where's my other corner? But but uh. Joe Hayden. Surely Joe Hayden, yeah. Joe Hayden was the obvious one to me. Joe Hayden, I then had a question mark over Pac-Man and over William Gay because, again, it's the age, it's just a, it's the age thing. Pac-Man Jones, he's a help on special teams, he makes big tackles, but is he going to contend with the wide receivers in this all-star tournament that he's going to have to contend with? I don't know my at prob- his age. My problem with William Gay is that I... And it's, it's not scientific in any way, but I seem to remember him giving away a lot of penalties last year. And... I think that I think there's a, there's a part of his game that he, I don't think he's quite quick enough, and therefore that's why he's giving away penalties. I could be completely wrong, but I, that's a, a, a remembrance that I have. Okay, I think we've got our team. I like it. Right, we had a, a couple of listener questions on Twitter. It probably doesn't help that we tweeted out asking for questions on a Sunday evening. I mean, it's not like that's when you're used to NFL or anything. But uh, that sounded a little too bitter. I didn't mean it to. I'm sorry, listeners. I am just getting it all out of my system. I would like to hear what the twist questions are. Audience. Yeah, Simon Noble. Uh, he says, Baltimore Ravens flying under the radar. Radar? The radar. <laughs> or have been overlooked for a good reason. Hashtag tell TGS. Well, earlier on I said I think they're going to finish third. Look, the AFC North is tough. Seriously tough. The brat, well, it's three quarters tough. It's seventy. <laughs> it is seventy-five percent. It's three quarters tough, and Joe Thomas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, no, we had uh, Joe Hayden in there as well, although that was again a bit of a lifetime achievement award. Didn't play at his best last season. Look, the Ravens, um, uh, you can't count them out because they've got Aussie and they've got Harbaugh. And those two have consistently performed. And last year, they had horrible injury worries. But I just don't see who's catching the passes for them. I, Ronnie Stanley, if he's going to come in and, you know, left tackles taken high in the draft, recently haven't performed from the off. So you're going to have to expect somebody to perform from the off with a recently injured Joe Flacco behind him. Okay, I, I quite liked this, the addition of Mike Wallace. Um, Brashard Perriman obviously getting into the second time. Unbelievable. Just all in all, it's going to be about how those players come back from their injury. And for me, kind of how they get their running game going. Justin Forsett, I think, needs to make a big, big step up this year and prove to be the every-down back that fancy owners seem to believe he is every year based on his draft position. He was running behind Marshall Yonder. He should be able to find success behind that, will he, this year. Um, and then just those young players stepping up on the uh, on the defensive side. CJ Mosley proving that he's as good as we all think he is. Eric Weddle, I think, is the one of the best free agency additions this entire off-season. I think he's exactly what they needed in the middle there. Yeah. They hadn't replaced um, uh, Reed, and now it feels like they have to an extent. Only to an extent. I'm not going to suggest that... Well, you're not going to go out fully on a limb, yeah, which is <laughs> understandable, uh, given given who you are. Um, well, hold on. Now, we're talking about an all-time top-level player in Ed Reed, uh, like a, a, a guaranteed Hall of Famer, one of the best free safeties to ever play the game. And I said earlier how much I love Eric Weddle, but 
He's not Ed Reed. Yeah, all right, mate. Just say it then. First time off. I don't have to goad you into getting an actual answer it, from you. It felt like you had to goad me. I did. I did have to goad you. <laughs> yeah. uh, once again, uh, Leon Grant, LDG. What do you reckon the D stands for? I, uh, I want it to be something really like like an NFL player. Demarcus. Uh, D'Angelo. De- DeAndre. Uh, Duffner. Uh, at least it's not V. That's the main thing. Yep. Uh, he says, Browns to surprise... Sorry. <laughs> Browns to surprise and double last year's win total. RG three to be a solid QB. Remind me how many? Uh, remind me how many wins they got last year? Was it three? Three. Yeah. I think if they get six, they would be happy. Uh, I think the whole league would be genuinely stunned if the Cleveland Browns. And again, don't get me wrong. Love Hugh Jackson. I think that it looks like they might finally be building in the right way. But you're playing again. I've said it already. Very, very tough division in the AFC North. Uh, Let's see how their season starts off. At the Eagles, home to the Ravens, at the Dolphins, at Washington. So there's a couple of winnable games in their opening four. And then Pats, Titans, Bengals, Jets. So they've not got the most difficult schedule in the world. I think they will lose all of those. I, I, you know... If they can add to their win total from last year, I think that would be what they need. Add to their win total? What, what one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying if they won three last year, aim for four this year. Okay, that's progress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did... So, I can't remember who you said would be picking number one next uh, season. That's, that is for the overblown predictions pod that we do just before the season starts. Oh, it's another tease, is it? Okay, fine. I, I can't be shooting my load this early by giving... Whoa! Family show. It's not a family show. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. Five wins. If the Cleveland Brown gets five wins, they'll be happy. Jake Viney. Best throwback jersey in the NFL. He says the Bumblebees, uh, which is Pittsburgh Steelers, probably the worst, followed by the Packers' yellow circle. You love that throwback don't you i love the bumblebee i love it i can't well, you love both of those because no, you love the uh, you love the 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 packers blue with the yellow dot as well don't you that's the one he's talking about i don't believe i re- i don't think that's the greatest I, I think they've got rid of that last season we had um uh blue with a sort of across the arms and uh and, and top a straight line sort of cut in half I would say maybe one fifth the top fifth plus a yellow helmet yellow and yellow numbers and a dark blue kind of jersey that's pretty that's pretty nice it was the the, the 37-48 jersey the Bumblebee is marvellous I like a lot of the classics I like uh, like the Dolphins throwbacks were nice I always feel like the Dolphins throwbacks should become what their permanent jerseys look like but the this actually uh, all the Chargers throwback is nice. Oh look, the the baby blue is what I think the if London gets a team they won't get a team. But if London gets it, they won't get a team. What about but if the, London gets a team, about, they should play in that. What about baby the creamsicles? Blue. The what? The Tampa Bay Buccaneer creamsicles. No, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, have no, a no, no, I know, I know, I know. Sorry, that sort of um, burnt orange. Yeah, uh, well, burnt orange is a, is a stretch. It's vomit. Vomit orange, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a bit long hornsy, isn't it? There is, there's only, there is only one answer here, though. The Chicago Bears. No, I, I mean, I feel sick for saying it, but it's beautiful. And uh, uh, you're going to say the LA Rams, I know. Yeah, you know. the LA Rams, and they need to take that uniform. So whoa, and St. Make Louis it Rams. No. Well, no, sorry, the St. Louis Rams wore this jersey uh, through through seventy three to two thousand, um, sort of 
blue and yellow. And... Yeah, but many of those years were in LA. I want. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. You're right. You're I want right, the right. LA Rams with the big horns that go all the way around the side of the helmet, with the big yellow stripes on the shoulders, sure. with the yellow pants. That is, they're in LA now. They should go back to that LA uniform, and they should also perform ram it before every game as a team. Ram it. You know how to ram it. Ram it. Ram it. Ram it. Ram it. Carl's logged me out of this. Oh no! Now you can't play out silly sounds at me. So yeah, that is easily my favourite, and uh, I don't think that will change anytime soon. Ram it. There's a lot of teams have classic ones, like the 49ers one's great, but it's very similar to what their uniform currently looks like. Ram it. Um, well, you know what all of this has been. Kid Watch! Very nice. Look, there's a phone call. Can you go and answer it? Uh, you might want to speak to me on my radio show in 45 minutes' time. Shall I live answer it? <laughs> <laughs> Do not answer it now. Right. Uh, right. We could have had them on the pod. It would have been really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ollie, any final thoughts? I'm looking after your cats. Any advice? Uh, yeah, loads. Um, the... Now that you're looking after them in my home instead of taking them to yours. Well, I wanted to talk to you about this. I was just a bit worried that they they would crap in the hole in my floor and wreck my sofa. The, the wrecking all, the sofa with, thing with the, their, the thing their is, claws. They've not attacked. They they didn't attack um, Adam and Talisa's sofas, and they don't. They haven't attacked our new one at all. It's just the old chair yeah. that they use as like a scratching post, and they're so used to it, we've just given up on it and just said go for it. Sure. So what if they? Do- yeah. But there is there is every chance. She will... I bought new litter trays. And generally when we buy new litter trays, which we're meant to do every year, they will... He will go in the litter tray for, like, the first few weeks because it's clean and new. But once it starts to get that, like, used smell to it, he will just start crapping in the bath. That's his new thing. Okay. So there is a chance that he might crap on your floor. Okay. Well, no. It's, he's going to crap on your floor. Fine. Because That's... I'm coming... I'm going to... Look, you've okay. got you've got an Xbox... And all or nothing's on there. You've got and all Madden's or nothing. on there. And so, I'll, I'll... so the games are all in the cupboard to the right hand side of where the Xbox is. Sure. And all the controllers I'll leave neatly on the table for you. Thanks, mate. Um, and all you, the only other thing you need to know is because of the hot weather. Yeah. They have a tendency, and they've always done this, but we've never had weather this hot in a house that actually works, is to eat all of like the jelly off their meat, but not eat the meat. And the problem is, is when we both go out to work and leave the house for like eight hours and it's 30 degrees and there is meat left out in the kitchen, it started to smell a little bit. So I would just say, after you fed them in the morning, stick around and then just get rid of that and give them some biscuits. Because otherwise, when you come back in the evening, it's going to stink. It's going to stink. Stink the house out, sure. This is all stuff I didn't need to tell you on the podcast, but (laughs) I just want to make sure that you don't have to deal with that when you come home. Okay, thanks, man. Um... And if you want to stay... The spare bed is made up. The sofa is totally well, no, comfortable. No, no, no. My house is only 15 minutes away from yours. Why so... don't we just do this at home? I've got mics. I've got mixing desk. All the stuff we took to the Super Bowl. Let's start. Let's build a home studio and start doing this from home. I quite like it in here. Okay. Do you not? Well, I've got a radio show to do. Come on. Any other thoughts? Anything else you want to do? Uh, no. Uh, what about you? Uh, no. Oh, no. How did my cricket questions go down? Very well. Okay, good. Good questions. Thanks. Uh, better questions than I would have asked. Hashtag so, well wasted. Uh, <laughs> uh, if, if this becomes a regular gig, I will make sure that I get you on weekly to talk about the NFL with me. All right. Cool. Hopefully, Thanks, with, with live games. And Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, Wouldn't that be, be great? Amazing. I, we can't talk about that. No. 
Hashtag we, embargo. Should, um, we, should we edit that out? <laughs> uh, no, let's leave it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, otherwise, thank you very much for listening. I am now off for three weeks, but Ollie will continue. And if he doesn't, at Ollie Hunter on Twitter, badger him, even if he's got to record a podcast on his own and get some guests on from the States and do it by himself. I want to know that I can download our podcast from Santiago and enjoy listening to Ollie's dulcet tones. I'm sure you feel the same. Suggest guests suggest what you want to hear from him and I will see you in three weeks time thank you very much for listening this has been The Gridiron Show